You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Bites, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast. And on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 82nd episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. My name is Tim Hayes. I'm in Orlando, Florida. I'm uh, Matt Allen. I'm in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And I am Spencer Au in Boston, Massachusetts, where we've all gotten very formal this week. Yeah, you know, just trying oh. to mix it up, guys. Now that we're in 82 episodes in, it's I feel yeah. that we're getting close to cracking that top 150 um, ranking in the iTunes charts. Um, since Apple has redone the iTunes charts, it's hard to see like microscopically where we're at because we used to be in the, about the 150 range of the amateur charts. Um, Mm -hmm. amateur sports. Uh, so, you know, I think we're just going to really have to step up our game here. Um, so you think formality is the way we can can bridge that gap and make the jump to cat three elite sports instead of just amateur sports. Yeah. You know, and that, yeah, Spencer, I do. I, I firmly (laughs) believe we have what it takes. We've been training hard 82 weeks in, Mm-hmm. Um, and this week, we're going to talk a lot about the mundane time of year that we are in. We are in cyclocross only. We're in the dregs of road and mountain bike news. And so we're really going to like just kind of build up our own um, race resume and see what we can do to get an upgrade. And then maybe at the end, we will, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll give ourselves a, a, a ranking. Okay. Um, well, you know what the problem with that is going to be? There's, you know, you need, you need a certain number of racers to get upgrade points mm-hmm. and we never have enough people on the podcast to get upgrade points like maybe when we have a we have a guest we well, have four people we, we maybe one of us can get one upgrade point you know but, yeah maybe and only if we separate out the guests from the hosts because we all got to be in the same category and you know let's be honest we've had some cat five guests we've had some pro guests who is um, our cat five guest? Who are you gonna? Who are you gonna? Let's let Tim say this one. Come yeah. back. I'm assuming that Results Boy um, of CrossResults.org does not listen to our podcast, so <laughs> I think that he'd probably be the easiest one to throw under the bus. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, and then Meyerson like and, and Eric really Saunders are at the top with Mo Bruno Roy. Uh, a cat one, a solid cat one, would be Matt Roy. Um, so maybe Results Boy is kind of in that Cat 3 um, level. Now, I think that we definitely need to step up our game. And there's a couple of people that, that are at the top of my list. And I don't know if you guys have a list or people that you're thinking of as far as who we should interview. Tom Boonin. Uh, well, you know, I think that Tom you know, sometimes, you, sometimes you shoot for the moon, Spencer, and you land among the stars. So we can try to uh, get a Tom Boonin, and then maybe when we don't get a Tom Boonin, we get a uh, Patrick LaFerb, uh interview oh. instead. Uh, That'd be good, know, too. <laughs> that would be pretty awesome. I do Mark, think that... Let's get a Mark Matteo if we're going for team directors. Oh, that could be that good. That would be insanity. Do you think That'd we could get... Fabulous. What about Jim Okowitz? I mean, you know... This could be his, come on our podcast. This could I'm going to come right out now and say, but we can't because he's a terrible person. Uh, shouldn't be in sport. Probably not going to get an inner little guy. Remember, we're trying to uh, kill him with oh, kindness. Yeah, yeah we're Positive trying to butter him up kindness. here. All right, so I definitely think, so here's my list. We should definitely get Dan Craven to uh, do an interview. And I think Dan that one yeah. can be done. A long time coming. The only... You know, he's got a new team. He cut off the man bun. I don't know if you saw his uh, Instagram. Oh, he uh, oh, is going with really? a little bit more refined look now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's a new era. This is our favorite uh, winner of Tro Bro Leon, mm-hmm. where he won the pig. Um, so, you know, that, that, that one we can get. The next one I think that we should really go after is the new USA Cycling president, Derek Bouchard-Hall, who... Yeah. Um, Adam Meyerson had great things to say about it. And, you know, to be perfectly honest, honest guys, you saw it. I, I blind carbon copied you on the email. Maybe I even carbon yeah. copied you on 
I think uh, um, I think he's an, uh, green enough around the gills in the job that he doesn't really know uh, yet what a mistake it would be to come on the show. Um, so there's a good yeah. chance. Yeah, there's so, a good that's chance. We so maybe we can frame it with him as a mistake not to come on the show because let's be perfectly honest. This guy is trying to educate the masses. And just last week on this wonderful journalistic uh, um, of integrity podcast that's not even a word journalistic but or maybe it is um little guy you were complaining about 15 dollar one day licenses and did you see the announcement from usa cycling just this past friday no well they are dropping the price of one day licenses really down to ten dollars that's awesome they have introduced a new one day license structure for anyone that wants to do a cat one cat two cat three or cat four race you must register online so my understanding of that is that if you are in the past were a license holder that was a Cat 3 and you want to go race you know, with your buddies but you don't have a USA Cycling license, you can mm-hmm. pull a one-day license to go do that Cat 3 race with your buddies. Really? So it but kind you, of you had to have one against, in the past? Or sorry, I don't sorry. know yet. That's my understanding. It would seem to still a little like uh, like the press release was very simple in bullet point. But they didn't like really spell out how every like the the mechanics. My understanding yeah. or my interpretation would be that you had to have had like a racing existence. Like you can't just be some guy off the street that says I'm going to go do a Cat One Two race because there'd be yeah. those safety liabilities. But maybe if sense. you're like a former One Two that know what's going on, you know it doesn't really make sense. And, and we've experienced this before. Yeah. I mean, there's some really top level guys out of Minnesota that we used to race with. Like remember Owen Thole? That dude would win every Cat. <laughs> four or five race ever, but he would never upgrade to three, where now the new thing would be, well, they're keeping track of his results, so then when he would do a one-day license the next year, he would be in the Cat 3s because he definitely deserved to be at that level, but he didn't want to spend the 60 or $70 for the whole license. This is years ago, but it kind of makes sense. I'm pretty excited about that change. Hmm. That makes a lot of sense, and anytime they they reverse the trend of everything getting... Um, drastically more expensive. I'm excited. It never gets like incrementally, you know, it never gets like 10% more expensive. It always gets, it gets some, you know, large amount, you know, it's, I mean, this is, yeah, I mean, there's great. lots that's of things. Great. And then uh, also to continue the, you know, the real headline of this and Kaylee frets of uh, uh, Velo news did a whole story on this um, on Friday was that they're tripling the anti-doping testing in the amateur categories. And so the way they're going to do that is that the riders so wait, at... So wait, are they doing three tests now? I know. Well, <laughs> so here in Florida, it's a lot. But the, um... Yeah, in Florida, in Florida, it'll be like 400 tests, and the rest of the, <laughs> the, rest of the country will be like seven now. Yeah. So, so, so here's how it's going to be. To fund this, the annual amateur license is now going to be $73 rather than 70 so oh. it does go up a little bit. But if you're a... Um, Pro or international elite level license is going up $50, which all of that oh. extra money gets directed to anti-doping. So if you're at that higher level, 50, of, uh, 50 bucks. So if wait, you're a pro, so if, wait, if, if you're I pro, buy, if, if I buy the, the, the crazy ass UCI license, so I can do my, uh, that's 175, right? Little guy. Do drink, is that one? I don't remember what it was. It was so much money. Um, so that's going to go up to do my three races. I, well, all I'm seeing is international elite licenses move from $175 to $200 per year. So a $25 increase to, to cover that. So the uh, so the idea is that you know it's going to be more money into the um, into the kitty. Now, the insurance costs yeah. increase slightly to $3.60 um, for promoters. But if you're only putting on a rec event. It actually drops down a little bit. So you're doing like a Grand Fondo or something. It's only two twenty-five. Yeah, they uh, don't need doping controls. That's perfect. So I know, right? So, <laughs> so. It, it seems that they're trying to refine things, and I really like that they're dropping the one-day license. And honestly, I I think seventy-three dollars for a for a license with USA Cycling really isn't that bad. Um, you know, personally, I would probably spend up to a hundred dollars for an annual license with USA Cycling. That's just me. Um, cause I find a little bit of value and I don't mind supporting the Olympic movement if the money is being used correctly. And it does seem that he's bringing in some actual, uh, financial, uh, standing 
I don't know if any of this extra money is going to fat bike nationals, but that could be a question we could ask him. We could ask him, President Hall, are you going to continue the tradition of a sitting USA cycling president becoming a fat bike national champion? <laughs> he's, he's certainly... Uh... Has the experience in bike racing to uh, make it happen. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, I think that this is the type of – these are the questions he wants to answer, and we're here to provide him the opportunity to answer those questions. Yeah. Well, I don't want to have to race with uh, all these Cat 4, Cat 5 fat bikers. Like, I I want my own, you know, elite-level fat bike category. So, I've – but you know, I'd be willing to pay another fifty, sixty, hundred, and two hundred dollars for another license just to uh, allow me to get some fat bike, uh, you know, yeah, uh, notoriety. Well, it should be like it should be it should be uh, also age category at the same time though, so mm-hmm. you can do like cat two thirty five plus because you don't want to race with well, right. guys I mean, your I same want a medal. level that are. I didn't show up to age. not get a medal. Yeah. Well, I mean. <laughs> It's a new, it's a new dawn, Spencer. Um, if you wanted to show up and win Fat Bike Nationals, you probably had to go last year. Yeah. Um, you know, first year, lots of uh, things up in the air. You know, it's definitely going to be the target of a lot more racers this year because they're looking at it, going like, "Wow, I probably could have won that," and then gotten the stripes on my shoulders. But what is, so, when do you get to wear those? You can only wear them. Well, during see, a I, Fat Bike event. Sure, but I think the key is to get the stripes on the shoulders. There's right? a remember, lot of fat bike events, man. Do you remember how a lot of guys would show up at the track every now and then in Minnesota, and they'd have the uh, the red, white, and blue stripe on their shoulder, and then they're like national champion at the Masters, like yeah, seventy five plus team pursuit or whatever yeah. the combined age were. So nineteen eighty one, where there are three people there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think that this hey, could that's be the a, only a way we thing. got medals. It's true. You know it, man. <laughs> it is. We. Um, we all got a pile of medals somewhere. <laughs> I know mine are in a drawer yeah. um, upstairs at the house for getting like third place out of three riders in the Cat Four Five uh, Four Thousand Meter Pursuit. Yeah. Just like the dumbest, the dumbest stuff. Well, so I was, uh, I was master state champion of the Omnium at the track. You know, there gold you go. medal. That's a gold I mean, medal. And there were more than one person in that field. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that what we need to do, what we need you to do. Um, Less than three more cycling than fans, <laughs> USA, USA cycling members, uh-huh. grassroots members of USA cycling. We need you to get on Twitter and we need you mm-hmm. to hit up USA cycling, hit up the prez at USA yeah. cycling and say, Hey, how about you go on the slow ride podcast for some inquisitive questions? We want to hear you. Now, the key is we need to do this tactfully, but we want to raise the profile of USA cycling and the new president that I think we can pull this off. Yeah, so definitely go tweet at USA Cycling. Uh, tell yeah. them to get uh, get DBH in touch with the with the Slow Ride podcast, and uh, and we'll have you know his people talk to our people and work it all out. Um, mm-hmm. to, our know. people are us. Yeah, <laughs> we're our people. But yeah, but that that is as grassroots as we get. Now, you guys saw that email. I mean, we did a lot of cool things on there. I mean, I introduced that we've the collectively have promoted over twenty races. We've complained about a couple hundred. Oh yeah, um, oh, at least. we helped promote the greatest cyclocross after party in history. Mm-hmm. Um, I even included the license numbers, um, so he knows that we're licensed members of USA Cycling. Now, mm-hmm. I hope that he doesn't, in fact, check our results because when you look at our results, they are a little lacking. I believe I had quite recent a few right. 16th places, yeah. though, if I well, remember see, that's right. good. Yeah. He'll be impressed. If, if he's listened to the podcast, he'll be impressed. Otherwise, so he'll he make no note up. of it. Uh, two, two of the three of us have been USA Cycling officials in the past. Yep. Oh, um, I forgot about that. I should have added that on our. Yeah. Um, I resonance. mean, I had uh, moto certification, so I can drive a motorcycle around and not probably not kill I mean, people. I volunteered um, as radio tour. That yep. should count. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've done. Uh, I probably board. cursed that an official. Yeah, I've escorted someone to um, to take a pee with a uh, chaperone. I moved a turtle out of the way of the entire women's uh, pro field at Nature Valley Grand Prix uh, oh. while doing time board on the motorcycle. There you go. So, everybody, go tweet. 
Derek Bouchard Hall, the new president of USA Cycling, he can be found at D Bouchard Hall, all one word, B O U C H A R D H A L L. Um, Google him. Great guy. And I really, truly believe that he is going to come on this podcast and um, fulfill my idea that he is going to save USA Cycling from the darkness that it currently resides in. We'll find I out. So. I hope he can lower the prices for my races too because <laughs> i if the i mean i just i don't i'll have to never do a uci race again if it, the price keeps going up i'm already uh, uh 200 bucks for I'm a already license just, and 65 dollars well, for a race day and so the, yeah the races were so the rate like for uh jingle cross this year it went up in price mm-hmm. and so the license went up already and then it uh each race went up in price so here's the question. Do um, you belong in those races? <laughs> so wait, do I only belong in those races if I have um, I have like a lot of money? Is that like a trailer? Well, I guess that bus and everything. Yeah, I mean, you know, like that's you, what I feel like I mean, I feel like if, if that's the case, then um, yeah, then a bunch of people won't I mean, be in those races. I feel a little I mean, guy it's... like a little bit of that entry fee is going to the privilege that you get to uh, hang out with a nude uh, Steve Tilford in their dressing room for a while. You know, <laughs> you know what? I don't think he was carding people at the door. <laughs> I think anyone that had to pee and just randomly walked in that stinky ass men's room after that race could have uh, seen Tilford holding court naked, <laughs> um, telling everybody about the olden days. Um, so, so I, I don't think that was just because I had hmm. been in the race with him. I don't okay. even think he. Well, he I mean, knew I, that the guy shivering in the corner had been out there with him. Now, little guy, I've got two questions here. And, and first off, you missed a perfect opportunity for a segue, and I'm going to try to give you that um, opportunity again. But secondly, <laughs> do you as a amateur, and I won't go, I mean, I wouldn't even say elite amateur, and don't take me wrong. I, I mean, I think that there's a, no, it's fine. quite a few. I think you're just a, a quality amateur. Uh, do you think at some point you should not be doing the UCI races? I mean, you, you know, you're, you're kind of getting lapped out there all the time. You know, that's uh, at what well, point does the I little would, guy uh, no, just concentrate would... on a Cat One Two race? Hmm. Well, one there isn't a Cat One Two race. There's oh. a Cat Two Three race. Okay. Um, I don't think there's a Cat One Two race. No. Just uh, a two Three. Two, I guess. Well, one, I'm not getting lapped all the time, but, um, <laughs> but also like what, what. I guess, I don't know. I guess, like, what the qualifications to be in those races, I guess, shouldn't just be that you got somebody to give you money. You know what I mean? Like, if you meet, if you meet a criteria to race it, you should be able to race it. And, and at a certain point, it, it becomes prohibitive. Like, you can't just actually meet the category standards to be in those races because you have to meet the category standards and you have to meet the, like, uh, either getting signed on a big team or spending, you know, half your time stumping uh, to get a whole bunch of personal sponsors and shit. So, do you? What's your current category right now? I'm a two. So, shouldn't you be doing the two three race and not muddying the waters of a Jeremy Powers Jonathan Page showdown? Well, it is one. They won't be having a showdown. Two. Yeah. <laughs> two. Two, it's 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 a it's a pro one two. I mean, I I don't I yeah. don't think I'm. I mean, it's like I didn't cheat my way into the race. I am the lowest. Uh, I will say I'm playing the lowest category in the race. But at the same thing, I'm never. I've never been last in one of these races. You know, I've I've truthfully never been the worst rider out there on any given day. And so, I guess I continually feel like, yeah, I know I'm not the best out there. No. But I'm not the worst, and like somebody has to be toward the back third, regardless of who starts. Someone will be in the back third. You know so what I mean? So do you feel? Well, no, I little guy. Look, I personally believe, and I enjoy seeing you in those races. I believe that no, you belong there, and I was trying to give you the perfect segue into your <laughs> success. You segue into the in your oh. success this past weekend. So like, here I am. Let's try well, this again. Hey, okay. little guy, do you really feel that you deserve and belong in Jingle Cross with the top UCI talent from around the world? Hey, Shouldn't you just be racing some cause... local scrubs? No, because, I mean, I got on a podium locally, so that means I should totally get laughed at a UCI race. Wait, you got on a podium? Tell me more. I got second place in a bicycle race. <laughs> <laughs> it was job. called Star Cross and... 2. It was during the day. 
Stars. Little didn't guy. see any stars. Did but it you was still have, a fabulous race? Did you have a bucket? I did not have a bucket. Did I you have race, food in your hands? A bag. I didn't have food in my hands. I had nothing weird going on in that podium picture. I just was wearing uh, the skin suit, and I walked up there, and I put my arm up, and I waved, and I collected my little envelope, and I shook hands, and it was great. It was a good race. Not uh, bad. So, so, I wait, got, so wait, you're saying... I got he... beat by Dominic, who's been crushing everybody lately, and I could not follow him, so I had to race for second. So you're saying you, you went to the podium and you didn't bring your bike? No. Did you bring Nobody a brought their bike. Did you bring a helmet? No. no, I don't think any of us had helmets or bikes. I think did... we did it pretty so... well. I think that was a pretty good podium. Did you have both arms up? No, I had one arm up. Okay. I had my outside arm up. Uh, looks like third place had his, everybody had his uh, arm up. Hey, you got to give us a little leeway. We had no helmets on. We had no bikes up there. That means we had no really, other at the end of the day, that's, that's pretty good. Nobody has Birkenstocks on. Uh, you know, nobody God, has street had, clothes. If I'd, if I'd had Birkenstocks there, I would have. Now, I, I see this podium, Logan. You sent us the picture. And look, I, yeah, I, I know it's a Cat 1-2 podium because you're on it. And the winner. But looking at that podium with both arms up by third place, um, I'm starting to, like, it kind of is looking a little bit like maybe a 45-plus podium. Um, And, you know, third-place guy, great dude. One of the best chefs in all of Minnesota. But, you know. Yeah. I I don't know. I you'll have to take it up with him. I don't I don't have <laughs> so, anything. I I don't think it really muddies the waters too much of a quality race. Okay, what are um, these what are these socks you're wearing in this photo? They're amazing. Those are the socks. Those are the socks I bought when we were in um when we were in Richmond. They're um I don't remember what they're called, but they're blue and they've got a whole bunch of gradients of blue on them and I forget huh. the brand. I remember we went in that pop-up shop I'm mean, that's not really helping. We went in like 75 pop up shops when we were in Richmond. Yeah. Was this at the uh, Starlight uh, one? I don't oh, know. It was right by one. the finish line. The cutaway. cutaway. It was in the cutaway, but they're not cutaway socks. They're like <laughs> Rich Supply or something. Okay. Yeah. Like they're good looking socks. Anyway, they, they look nice thanks. with the yellow Mavic shoes. Hey, congratulations yeah, yeah. on the podium with your uh, fellow compatriots. And this, I mean, this goes right into perfectly. We'd like to thank all of the folks that actually um, sent in photos for us to critique oh yeah and i think on twitter we did actually a pretty good job um the feedback i got from a lot of these folks is that we guessed it right away like hey looks like a cat three jonathan <laughs> crane at jonathan crane hey thanks guys i think that was the result of a, a wide angle payout mm-hmm. at least there are no podium bikes it was a five person podium there was one podium helmet um and there were some uh <laughs> food and some the old pint glass with the check inside the pint glass. Nice. Not that like bad. That. It's a, it's an old like uh, promoter some, uh, critique, some, but that some, was from Alabama. Some food uh, on the podium, I think that's like kind of a nice touch. Is that is the food on the podium like the old uh, burrito behind the back kind <laughs> of? Uh... Yeah, you know, it's kind of the old uh, um, burrito behind the back, or yeah. uh, like I didn't I didn't from realize. Sunday. Well, here it is. Um, <laughs> See the problem. The problem with the thing is is like at all these races. Some a lot of times you don't know when the podium's gonna be. So like a couple weeks ago, when I made a podium, I didn't know we were doing the podium. I started eating a sandwich. I got called. I had to hide it behind my back. This one happened really quick. I I didn't even have time to get like to my bag yet, hmm. um, and and get out my food and my snacks and stuff. So Jonathan it's Crane, he actually know. tweeted us. He said, "I'm on the second step. Both hands up. Podium helmet and food in both hands. Judge me." To which Both I said, hands. yeah, I said cat three. <laughs> and that's definitely like a, that's like beer. So, so what, so what it looks like he's got is he's got a beer and then using his pointer and his middle finger to hold a granola bar. Right. And since he's, uh, he's got the old, uh, laser helmet. So the glasses don't exactly fit into the openings at the top <laughs> of the helmet. So they're kind of sticking out at a nice, uh, you know, 40 degree angle. So good stuff over there at. Jonathan Crane, thanks for listening. And what's amazing is someone in Alabama actually listens to this show. Yeah, um, you think that cool. you'd be banned? It's um, a good chance. Does a lack of socks? Ryan M. Ryan Martin on uh, Twitter says, "Does a lack of socks deny an upgrade?" To which we say, "Absolutely." This guy <laughs> from Team Louisville, not only is he not wearing socks, he's got that old muddy leg syndrome that goes on. You know when you wear your oh. muddy, you have your mud, and then you take off the socks, and you have oh, this nice. like. 
So it looks like a reverse farmer's tan. Um, in third place at the uh, the most recent race out there in uh, Louisville. Uh, looks pretty good. Overall, a, a good-looking podium, but definitely, uh, I would say, cat four or five. Um, little guy, you'd be happy to know that my dad was very excited to hear you talk about Birkenstocks with socks. I heard that. Um, I heard he that. Was, and he walked all That's around cool. Florida with his Birkenstocks with a pair of socks in his back pocket, but thankfully it was a little too warm for that, and he didn't have Wait, So he, he actually carried the socks with him just in case the temperature dropped. Maybe like a light breeze came up, and he's like, Whoop, better put socks on. Yeah, j- you know, pretty much. Um, we have another couple of podium critiques. Now, over in Ohio, where they had the Blooming Cross of the OVCX series, uh, the old classic, uh, only two people on the podium and a missing third step. Um, so, so like, you know, there's different podiums that you have, right? Like, you have the Milk Crate podium, which I'm a fan of. Mm-hmm. This one had mm-hmm. just two boxes. One box taller than the second box. And then if you're third place, you're not even on the podium. You're just on the ground. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, you know that that was that was a pretty good, uh, definitely like a Cat that. Three podium uh, there in Ohio, and you know just lots of uh, other great stuff um, coming in. So always tweet us at the Slow Ride Pod. Um, mm-hmm. You know I'm pretty excited, guys. This week I get to go uh, up to the Baltimore D.C. area, and I'm gonna get to hang out with the Crosshairs crew. Have any uh, real fun. life questions we need to ask about you know real cyclocross um, fans, aficionados, and podcasters? We can definitely do that. Um, so speaking of cross, since that's really the only racing going on besides the start of six day season, um, the super prestige was this, uh, past weekend and, uh, any uh, excitement in the super prestige little guy, I wasn't able to watch it. Um, yeah, it was a good race. I think generally very exciting. Wout, uh, won again, Sven got second, but, um, I was going to ask you guys, did you see the move that Wout's mechanic made? Uh, in the pits. I guess I'm just asking Spencer because Tim didn't watch it. <laughs> I, you see uh, it like maybe second or third lap or something. No, I did I did not see this. Tell me more. So uh, they're coming into the pits. I think Sven was maybe first. He was leading him through early, early on there. And Wout was maybe third or fourth or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but his mechanic was before Sven's mechanic. And I, I got to find like the moment in the video where this is. But Wout's mechanic totally like slings out Wout's bike, like like sort of faking like he thought maybe he was coming and he had to jump out, but Sven had to like make an evasive move around him in the pit to not hmm. get hit by this bike. But he did it in such a way that was just kind of like I'm kind of trying to make this look casual, but I'm also just doing this to slow you down and make you adjust your line and kind of like mess you up. And it made me wonder if that's. A common thing in the pits because I, I feel like I've watched enough races where I don't. It seems like they're all pretty good about that. Like that seems like pretty low and the sort of thing that could develop into fisticuffs between yeah. old, surly Belgian men like burning each other with cigarettes that, that are like I, eight years in. Yeah, I bet it. I bet it could, but I bet you that that was a carefully crafted uh, move. It seemed, um, it seemed like 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 something they practice almost. You know, yeah. just like just to piss them off. But we it know, seems like the sort of thing that could really backfire, like in a year when, like, your guy is out with a knee injury and you're looking for a job, <laughs> yeah. and Sven Nice needs a mechanic, and he's like, "Oh no, hell Screw no!" Screw that guy. Well, yeah. you know, we did hear a lot about uh, uh, pro level pit politics uh, when we interviewed Matt Roy back on uh, episode 35, um, yeah, where he was talking about how the Belgians and the and the Netherlands teams just pick the pits furthest away from each other because you know it doesn't matter if it's the best pit or not they just don't want those guys learning any other tricks kind of stuff so you know there's all but there's all kinds of weird stuff like that happening it uh it was really weird it was shady it mm-hmm. happened quick the cameras didn't like show a replay of it or anything but um anyway i don't know second or third lap uh, the same man who wins every race. <laughs> well, uh, it's kind of Van becoming the, uh, you know, seismic shift. I think, I think you're correct. Right. I mean, the, you He's, know, from last you know, week, Sven's, Sven's right there. You know, he was with him for a lot of the race. He got dropped. He pushed the pace. He ended up second. He came around, uh, Kevin. Who's, I mean, Kevin and Lars are the only other guys who've won. It's so Kevin, this... Lars and Wout. I mean, is it, I don't think anyone else has won a race this year. Can you, um, really? update me a little guy. Is it, 
is this Sven's last year or does he have one more left? This is it. This is it. So yeah, you okay. should be watching all these races. This is it. I guess we can say good cyclocross news recently. Um, French related is that Gadre is coming back to cross. Hey, and well, so... speaking of a uh, movie star. Oh, you're just going to switch off Gadre. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, a Carlos hey. Betancourt is back and he is now talking about, you know, we will see if it's between AG, if AG2R was right or if I was right. So he's kind of putting the gauntlet. Right about down. what? Like, what is now, he arguing? They were right. You're fat, and you're going to show up skinnier. And you're uh, did you see better. pictures like, of him at training what? camp? At he the, has uh, to no, show up that's, skinnier that's point. Like, because he can't show up fatter. <laughs> did you see pictures? Did you see pictures of him at like camp? No. When like, they were getting their new kits and everything? You would say that like mo- like AG2R was wrong about like that they were like, hey, you should train. You know? So there was no pictures of him in the kit because he's still technically under contract with AG2R. And he's probably uh, technically still too heavy to fit in it correctly. So yeah. they, they had like pictures of him small. at camp. <laughs> they had pictures of him at camp, like kind of street clothes. I think is what I saw, like on uh, you know one of the cycling websites. Uh, he's looking yeah. pretty good, but you know, or pretty big. But this reminds me of my time when I used to work at UPS. I don't know if I've ever told you guys about this, but like my first week at UPS, you know, I. I purposefully did not move or throw a lot of boxes, right? Because I wanted to set the bar so low mm. that that they weren't yeah. like, wow, this guy's a really hard worker. I know he can do it, so I'm really going to ride him hard. Now, this has not helped me get through life um, very well, so I've had yeah. to change that tactic. But maybe that's yeah. what he's going for. Maybe he's going for like, hey, I'm going to come into camp so heavy, so out of shape that there's only you know potential. Like there's only uh, uh, a chance to be get to get better, and that could That's be nice. A terrible strategy. Now, now the big announcements out of Movistar Camp was that um, Valverde is going to be doing the Giro, and he's going to be doing the Tour, and then you have Nairo who will be doing the Tour and the Vuelta. So they're kind of uh, there's always going to be a you know one of their top GC leaders at one of the big Grand Tours. That's kind of exciting, and then also Nate. Well, I was just saying when you when they set up Valverde's like thing, like he comes in for a conference with the directors, and they're like starting to talk about what he wants to do next year, and he just he just takes out the whole schedule and circles it and says, yeah. "I'm going to do every single race." Absolutely. And they're like, "Well, um, okay, you gotta, like, you can't do every race. We have a lot of riders on the team." And he's like, "But I, I could, I could do them all. I mean, I'll do it. I'll do it. I, I mean, can, I can they almost have to win back. all of so, them." Yeah, I'll get fifth place in every race on the calendar next year. Hey, this is Mo Bruno Roy, and you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. Now, can we talk about the other, I mean... Movistar was seems to be the first one that had their their big camp um, in kind of press unveiling. So they did unveil the new kits, and mm-hmm. we always talk about kits on this show. So uh, yeah. did you guys see the new Mov- Movistar kits? Um, the big difference is obviously that the M is bigger on the front, and then it says Movistar on uh, you know larger font underneath, and then the I thought it was Movistar, and then and then the white um, <laughs> the white w- rare panel on the back, um, uh, kind of on the pockets. It's a little that, weird. Uh, it, it was a little strange, you know, definitely surprising. Um, I'm wondering if they're going after the kind of the, the view from the helicopter idea, like, Hey, now you're going to pretty easy to see the white panel. Yeah. But then again, that sense. white panel is also, you know, kind of right around where the pockets are. And that's where the racers tend to put their race numbers. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how much that yeah. white panel will be showing up. Cause it, it could be just covered by numbers anyway, but what do you guys mm-hmm. think of that kit? It's fine. <laughs> yeah. That's about all I could say. I mean, it was fine. It it's, wasn't like uh, yeah. gross or it wasn't like, oh, it's terrible or the last one was 10 times better. It was like, oh, it's different, but it's cool. Like, it's I was, still the I was same. fine with it. It's a It'll classy, grow on me, probably. Yeah, it's a classy kit. I've, I've always been a fan of it since it came out. Um, just because it's relatively simple, you know, it's like a nice, solid, dark 
blue and uh, and they haven't messed with it too much over the years which i'm always a big fan of um you know fdj does that credit equal cole has kind of done that of well they were still yeah, around yeah. those type of de- confidence even um it is pretty uh, simple to tell what team it is yeah. right like like it's like very clearly that's the movistar team right. and then when you get those cat um the cat like helmets the the blue and green like it is a very definitive helmet yeah and then you have the canyon uh bike so i mean it's a anyways it was just the first one that's come out i mean i'm really excited to see the dimension data kit um to see what that looks like to see if they're gonna continue the stripes yeah they're gonna stick with foot locker are they gonna you know branch out into (laughs) some new territory um god i wish they were sponsored actually by foot locker and then speaking of kit news i mean we uh we mentioned briefly but i mean uh, this is the last year of Rafa sponsoring uh, Team Sky, so mm-hmm. that one is out there as well. So and then, what, what? Who's doing it now? Do we know? Well, Rafa is doing it now, and that's what's amazing about no, this I mean, whole but thing like is that 2016. Who's taking it over? Oh, it doesn't uh, matter. They've already got a, a template to you know use yeah. their crayons and color within the lines. They just make a black and a, with a blue stripe, and they're good to go. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I, yeah, but you gotta. I mean, it feels hard for whoever comes in because they want they want to obviously put their own stamp on it. But, but well, it's the same you, kit you, you that Adidas get away. did, and then Rafa did. You know, it's kind of like their it's... identity is that kid. Hmm. But I, I feel like it's like a losing proposition for whoever sponsors them because people will see it and they won't. They'll think Rafa still. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, yeah, I, I hear you. See, if I was it's, a clothing like... company, I'd come in, I'd do the exact identical kit. And charge, you know, a regular amount of money for it, and, <laughs> and then a ton of people would buy it. And you'd be, you know, you'd make that money back, you know. The design That's work's true. already That's done true. for you. Everybody wants That's that look, true. but they can't afford the price. That's a good yeah. point. You, I'm, you just I'm capitalize excited. off all the people that wanted to buy one and hasn't, haven't bought one yet. Right. I mean, the big, the big one that's still out there is, right, Europe car is gone. Mm-hmm. Um, so now green is up for grabs. Uh, there isn't really kind of that. I mean, even Europe car was kind of almost like a gradient green to black. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm talking credit agricole green. I mean, the green kit could be nice. Uh, maybe other people have, other teams have suggestions on what well, uh, what what teams are out there that could do a revolutionary can, change and really Cannon, step up. Cannondale has the green. They sure do. But it's like a neon green, and I well, don't know. it's I true, don't... but it's, I mean, they, they kind of, if nobody else has green in the Peloton, I mean, they're going to have the green on lockdown. You I know? can tell it's you gonna kinda the answer to this thing. question. What's the, the last time that I designed an LGR kit, we, we took over purple, and it was awesome. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, you guys have kind of given that up. I don't know what's up with that, but it's fine. But, like, purple is out there, and no Pro was, Tour yeah. team has even attempted to go there. No ever. one has ever attempted when, Well, there's got to be some team from the 80s, like, w- around during WordPerfect. I mean, I don't know. Like, that has the purple. I, don't, I can't think of anything. I mean, obviously... All right, so yeah. so Team Purple, um, there you go. Purple could be the – I'm with you, Spencer. It's I think purple is a great color. idea. Yeah. Um, someone could Monk. absolutely own that. You know, you know who could take purple and actually do quite well with it is that Wanty team. Yeah, they got that nice babyish blue, though. Yeah, but It's you know, classy. It's classy. I like the Wanty kits. Okay. Well, I, you know, it's out there. Yeah. Maybe like Team Norvo Nordisk, right? They've got like that weird like white blue kind of template look. They could go all purple, which is the color of blood when it's in your body, right? Before it gets and then uh, I don't I, know, Doctor Hayes. You tell I think me. it's more of a blue, personally, but yeah, um, yeah, right. I, I well, hear what you're saying. That's all right, kind of weird. so the other uh, so we we got off on a little bit of a tangent on cycling kits. But let's go uh, real quickly back to uh, USA Cyclocross. The big news is Logan Owen finally wins his first UCI race of the year, goes back-to-back out in Seattle. Is that big Uh, news? I think it's big news because he has only done a handful of races this year. He hung with the the uh, All-Stars out in Derby City, and I think that you know he's calling his shot to go after that title at Nationals in Asheville, and I think that he is the future of American cycling on almost all disciplines. He's won a UCI World Cup. Um, I think, think that he's he's going to be. I the guess dude. you guys think he has a chance at nationals because I don't. I think he has no. a top. I think he has a top I think, five. I think he'll be top five. Well, okay, that's fine because I say Powers and Hyde, and Powers is obviously dominant. 
Stephen Hyde is obviously he's there mm-hmm. thereabouts on most days. Um, I mean, before he beat Powers, he was getting second. Then you have Powers what, Trayvon. Yeah, Trayvon's coming good. So who else That's would good be? Good to see. I'm, I'm happy to see that top? he's getting better because. I would say Trayvon would be maybe third. Tray Trayvon might get a oh, come on, man. He's the greatest thing to happen to the internet. No, I there I there needs do, to be I more agree. pros like him on the internet. I agree, but it but at the same time, it's nice to see him doing well in some bike races because for a while, the only bit of Trayvon you got was just him talking shit on the internet, which is great. But like, it was nice well, to have him talking shit and then getting results. Yeah, what else are you supposed to do when you're injured, though? Really? <laughs> yeah, that's true. So I guess that's the – so who else do you have up there in the top five? I mean, I think Logan Owens well, definitely got to be in that conversation. What, maybe – Obviously, uh, Driscoll? Driscoll's fifth. Okay. He's always fifth. <laughs> when is Driscoll not fifth? Yeah. There will be some dark horses who will come good uh, by then too. You know, like uh, Anthony Clark's had a handful of podiums this year at, uh, at races. He could be a surprise. Um, yeah. I don't know. There's, there's definitely a few. There's the new. We're we're at that tipping point where the new crop is getting faster than the old crop that we're used to, uh, and it's yeah. kind of an exciting time in the. Uh, in so the who's the old world. crop that we're used well, to though? Tim Johnson, Jonathan Page. Well, I mean, yeah, Tim yeah. Johnson hasn't been racing for a couple of years, but yeah, exactly. John Page. Um, you know the names Trayvon. that are usually up there. Ben Burden has been up there the last few years. True, true. Even uh, Adam Craig, uh, guys what, like that. What do you guys think about this then? Because um, we were talking about this before, the the schedule being different. They're not being a national series, but there's more UCI races. Do you think the fact that there are so many more, like more UCI races now than a few years ago, no national series, but like there's more really high level. So maybe there's not as many of as those like same USGP level of races, but there's more races right below that. You think that is helping raise this? No general bar because it feels to me like the general bar is being raised, and maybe at the top it's still a few a few guys, but like the bar is coming up because with all due there's respect, more opportunities <laughs> to like to race. I the I don't races see that aren't maybe quite that highest level, but you don't have to travel across the whole country to do one or two big races. You can stay close to home and still do some like harder races than local so, races. So, little guy, I hear what you're saying. Um, but with all due respect, I think a lot of the people that are filling out these UCI races are racers such as yourself that are good <sighs> local um, racers, but they're not the that super top level that need to be competing day in and day out with the best. And that's what you get at the national series, right? But so what like, do you think? But what do you think if there's so there's a national series, right? And yeah, there's like seven, eight races, and all the pretty much the biggest guys show up. But my my theory is that like the guys that are a little below those biggest guys. If if there's more UCI races, then it's more likely that like the best guys from like Minneapolis or like Minnesota, Wisconsin, Iowa, Illinois will all race against each other as opposed to being like, uh, eh, why drive like to go to a local race in Chicago? Okay. Like if there was a UCI race in Chicago, then you'd get all the surrounding if they travel. I mean, I don't know if right now. I mean, look at uh, you know, there there's a lot of areas of the country that hardly even travel to those races. But I think I, I understand your point and that makes even more sense how you clarified, you know, kind of the regional cream of the crop and then you get, you know, the you know, the better racers get even faster because uh, they're racing better competition. Sure. I just don't know how many people are actually traveling to these things. And I know Spencer will probably want to chime in about how that is what's happening in New England, but I mean what, Spencer, after the top ten in New England, are we really seeing a, you know, a, a high quality racers or is there just a bigger scrub zone uh there's definitely high quality racing outside the top 10 i mean if i want to look at providence um that's a you that's a i mean but providence is like high level like lots of national guys are going to that race that's that's what new england racing is buddy like no but i'm saying timmerman's outside the top 10 uh, so who are in that top ten though? Like who who was inside the top ten of Providence? Like you got Burden, right? Driscoll. I mean, you have a lot of national guys at that. I think little guy, you're talking more about like a, uh, you know, Cincinnati. Maybe not even Cincinnati, but one of these like kind of a little bit lower UCI races, like that I'm one. I'm thinking that's in like Tennessee. Rochester, Kingsport, like <laughs> yeah, like like okay. well, like these Nittany like, Cross. It's a big. It's a UCI race, but it's not Nittany Cross. It's not gonna be. Day one. Race. Let's see. Well, wait, Nittany Cross had like the guys that show up before Interbike. 
We got the Belgian. We got Dan Timmerman. We got Cameron Dodge, who's another. Uh, he's a you know a sneaky I'm, dark horse for the yeah. podium. We got Curtis White, Kerry Warner, Jeremy Duran, Anthony Clark, Ben Burden, uh, Dan Chabanov, Robert Marion, all there in the top ten. So those guys that kind of every one of those guys does a fair amount of travel, right? Right, like Robert Marion right now is racing in Belgium, and he's getting yeah. all the fans because of his beard, which is <laughs> awesome. And it's great. Yeah. Sure, but, but generally what I'm saying he's, is like, he's doing Mid-Atlantic and, and New England. And that's what yeah. all those dudes uh, that I just named are doing. Because you just named a race that is in the Mid-Atlantic or New England. <laughs> yeah, I named a UCI race, one of the first of the year. That Actually, right. you named it. So how's that UCI race in Los Angeles? Oh, like, I don't who know. Who shows up to that? Well, the West Coast fast guys. All I'm saying is it it, it brings all the fast guys from a, a, like a tri-state region at least to yeah. that race, which elevates the game somewhat. Like, it's one thing is just like this thing racing locally here. Like, there's like like four or five of us that always somewhat be near each other, right? And it's great, but at the same time, it's it's a completely different ball game when you go somewhere else and you're racing with people that you don't know how they race. You know, it's like exciting. you don't know. It's no, it's exciting, but I'm just saying it it raises the level in a different way because when you're racing the same people every week, at a certain point, you're like, well, I'll never try to attack on the straights with this guy because I'll never beat him in the straights, right? But if if you're racing with some new people, you're like, well, I got to give it a go, you know? I don't know where I can beat this person. Maybe I feel terrible on the hill today. I'm going to try on the straight. And maybe you drop someone in a place you never thought you could. You know what I mean? Like, you, you, you ride... You ride a little more adventurously. All right. Well, it definitely makes uh, for better racing when better people are there. So having a UCI race is definitely great. Um, it you know it just seems that there's so many, and you know I'm a big fan of like a direct eight race national level series that could just be a lot of fun to watch on the internet because <laughs> they're yeah. never going to come to Florida. Yeah, that's true. They won't. So, guys, let's move on to the biggest news of the week. Scarponi on Twitter. Oh, my God. The pictures of him and his kids in little, like, cute Halloween costumes. They got, like, tiger outfits on or some shit. Little guy, I love you. Love you like a brother. But nope, not what I'm talking about. Of course, I am talking about the... Yes, Spencer? You must be talking about the Peter Sagan wedding. The wedding of the century. Yeah, that's pretty good. My gosh, guys, I am going to release a dove of excitement <laughs> just so we can talk <laughs> about... Release a dove of excitement. of excitement. Just so we can <laughs> talk about what what Peter Sagan pulled off at that wedding. I, I want a t-shirt that just says release a dove of excitement. <laughs> guys, hashtag dove of excitement. Dove of excitement. <laughs> yep. um, so, dudes, let's talk a little bit yep. about this wedding. Did you yep. see the pictures? Yep. Oh, I saw yeah, the pictures. Oh, That's some good stuff. It's really good stuff. He uh, he put, a, had a good a, wedding. He's a stylish man. People like. I like to give that it was shit, covered. But, uh, I like that it was covered on the uh, like the equivalent of TMZ of uh, of uh, like Europe. Yeah, of Slovakia. But you know, just like the whole. Oh man, like what a great great event. Like I wish I could get invited to that wedding. That would have been yeah, nice. Yeah. Yeah, you can. We didn't get press passes for that, unfortunately. Uh, you no, think we could have pulled it off? Affair. I don't know if we could have. I mean, he saw me and Spencer at his press conference at Worlds. So, I oh, mean, yeah. we're like yeah. we're like pretty good buddies. We like, made solid we made... eye contact more than once. Did you see the picture once. of him? Yeah. You see the picture of him like holding the chainsaw with one hand? Yeah. I don't know. Like Oh yeah. Like there was like he like cut the log like some big giant tree. Like, you know, like, I don't know what it was a symbol of, but he, like, cut something, then he holds the chainsaw in his hand, and he's got this, like, crazy overcoat on. Yep. Oh, man. With the very, Golden. you know, very latticed, lush, fancy, uh, I don't know what, naval-inspired jacket. Uh, I, yeah, the definitely. Thing I read said it was traditional. Yeah, maybe it was. I, it, don't, I don't know yeah. anything about those traditions. And his hair was just, like, kind of, like, what is that, little frosted tips, maybe a little bit on there? Well, it's tastefully yeah, done. It's a, I'm just uh, saying, if 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 and when the day done. ever comes, I may have to travel to Slovakia to have a wedding. 
<laughs> I don't know if they're all like that, but maybe Peter Sagan, uh, maybe you can hire the same person that did his wife, right? Like, yeah. I, mean, I, I would need to rent the same tiny bicycle on a tightrope <laughs> to ride it across the gap that he did. That was really cool. It was. Wait, super what cool. did he ride? He rode a bike. He, oh, that's he rode, great. Like, a weird little bike on a on a line. Yeah. Is that, yeah. It was amazing. Good stuff, guys. Um, so, I do want to, uh, you know, now that we're over the most important news. So much lesser news. I know you guys have uh, heard, but uh, Swift Cycle, the shop that I uh, helped uh, start uh, with my good friend Keith Richards up in Gainesville, Florida, will be closing its doors on the uh, 24th of December when our lease runs out. It's been a great three years. I know I appreciate your guys' support on it. Um, Keith is moving yeah. back to Oregon for uh, to be with his family, and uh, now that I'm here in Orlando... Uh, I'm no longer involved really day to day. And I mean, let's be honest, if I was there uh, still, it would have closed maybe like seven months ago. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's a, it's a little sad to see the store go, but uh, it's been a lot of fun. Easily, and yeah. I can't wait till uh, a January episode where I can tell you all about the excitement of being a shop owner. Um, I will say I got several nice text messages from friends today. And uh, quite a few uh, asking uh, if we had, uh, uh, you know, other uh, sale opportunities. <laughs> yeah, I was, was I was wondering stuff. too about I need um, I need uh, an entire new road bike, and I was seeing, wondering if you had anything eighty five percent off. Yeah, eighty five. Well, we're not there yet, but uh, I got I got eighty five dollars. What kind of road bike can I? What what can you set me up with? You know, there's a lot of people. Um, asking guys for T-shirts, pint glasses, all types of things that we've been sold out of uh, in the past. Uh, especially the, uh, the the world famous cycling caps were all out. But again, a lot of fun owning a bike shop. Um, I have nothing but advice to give people that are thinking of opening a bike shop. <laughs> nothing um, but advice. <laughs> and uh, um, so there's that. would you do it again? Timmy? Absolutely. Like, it, it, I mean, like, not even necessarily this one, but like, would you, if in a future time someone was like, yes. "Hey, let's own, a, let's start a bike shop or something," would you be like, "Yes," or would you be like, "Screw this crap"? I would. I would definitely uh, think about it. I, I believe that a bike shop opening up in the correct market, um, with the right type of uh, um, outlook, could be done. It's definitely tough in today's world. I mean, you know, you're competing against so many things. So you got to make sure that you're working with brands that uh, make the most sense where you can get the most margin and you're not going to be uh, competing all the time online. So, it, yeah. it, you know, it takes a little bit of time. You also need to have a, a top notch service department, which can really go a long way. So there's lots of other little things that that you need to to do to pull it off. But I think if done correctly with the right identity and the right uh, community behind it, you can definitely do it. Um, you know, for us, the one of the big successes was just the whole image branding of our store. So I felt that we did a good job there, and we kind of created a lot of our own events that people became to know, like knew us for, yeah. and that definitely helped, right? Like that allowed us to um, kind of become our own identity for a small college town in Florida. So, you know, we're getting thank you notes from people that live now in D.C. and elsewhere around the country that are from Gainesville saying, uh, thanks for bringing, uh, something cool to Gainesville. So, you know, that's definitely, that's cool. out with it. so, that's but yeah, cool. so, um, with that guys, we do need to, uh, uh, get going for the week. Um, but real quick, uh, and third and like, you know, just quick conversation. It is training time of year. It is time to be on your trainer. Mm. Um, maybe not down here in Florida mm. and guys, I have done a lot of things on trainers. I have um, watched football games and done my intervals during commercials, which uh, knowing American football, that's a lot of intervals. So I lasted about a uh, half a quarter. Um, yeah, that would have been then, the most uh, training you ever did. Probably the best thing I ever did was <laughs> I, um, you know, when uh, Xbox came out, they created the cordless controller. So I was able to play video games while on the, the bike. That was fun, but probably totally worthless. So, do you guys yeah. have any uh, tips or advice for our uh, listeners that are maybe listening to us right now on the trainer? And then uh, we'll wrap it up for the day. Hmm. Um, I try to not ride the trainer. I never rode it once last year. I'm pretty proud of that. It was pretty great. I also um, got slower and fatter than I'd ever gotten in an off season. 
Um, so there's that kind of really. I had some trouble in the spring. Hills were painful for a while there. Um, I I watched the uh, the freshman one time. Um, really great movie. Um, you should watch it. It's really funny. I watched that one time. That was probably my best experience on the trainer. Hmm. Oh, that's, that's what I got. How about you, Spencer? So I've, uh, I've, I, I spent a couple years riding the trainer over the winter, watching the uh, you know the old races uh, on DVD yeah. or whatever. Um, but then I got pretty old, um, so I tried to spice it up. Um, you know, I kind of did what Tim was talking about, like pretty much worthless spinning around on the trainer, not really doing the work. Uh, so then I invested in rollers. And uh, mm. that sure kept me on my toes. Um, you got to focus a lot more. There's no, uh, you know, wandering off into space in your mind, really, or else you wander off the side of the rollers uh, and crash into your coffee table, which I did several times. Um, but, uh, yeah, since, since those days, that has gotten a little old as well. And uh, this year, you guys, I'm going, I'm going all in. Going to invest in the fat, fat bike. bike. Yep. Going to do it. We're going to make it oh, happen. Oh, good. So you're a previous fat bike owner, and then you got rid of it, <laughs> and then you and then you talked some fat bike trash for a few years, and now you're back. Um, what? Uh, I'm assuming full carbon uh, tie bolts. You're going to try to keep the weight down oh. to 45 pounds. No, absolutely. I'm going the other direction. I'm going full Walmart fat bike. I don't want to spend more than two hundred dollars on this thing. You get one of those mongooses or oh, whatever. Mongoose, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I, but at this actually... point, there's so many fat bikes. I mean, like the local Craigslist here, at least, is just um, it's just filled with fat bikes. We it's just are... everybody bought one, and they're and everyone's like, oh, either upgrading or, or yeah. not riding it. I'll tell you what, like everybody in Minneapolis has three or four fat bikes, um, <laughs> but the wave has not quite crested in New England yet. Like we are at, I would say, two thousand eight levels of fat bike here uh 2008 minneapolis levels you know what i mean so yeah you don't you don't see people commuting on them every single day like you might see one or two in a winter riding around in the city but you see them all over in the woods right now so what see the only i can tell you guys the only fat bike i would consider getting are those really early generation pugsleys that have canties because they look hilarious yeah, those canty brakes are sense. like are so teeny, and I mean canties look small anyway. And you put them next to a fat bike wheel, um, one you know that thing's not going to stop, and two <laughs> it's funny looking. And I would consider one of those, but I would still probably. <laughs> not I I think you should look at a Walmart fat bike. Uh, the ones with coaster brakes look pretty sweet. Yeah, that would be fun. Um, yeah. If I could find one for like twenty five bucks on like Craigslist and just maybe ride it for a day and then abandon it somewhere, that'd be pretty fun. <laughs> I bet you could do that. Just like just really go all out all day. Just see if you can break well, it. You know? Well, I mean it's all about the fat bike. The fat bike is the future, guys. Fat and you know, bike. I think that that may be the demise of Swift Cycle. I gotta talk to Keith, but maybe it's because we didn't uh, specialize in fat bike sales. Did you have fat bikes? Yeah, we, you know, we definitely uh, ordered some. I mean, it, uh, it's tough in Florida, and that's something that I want to ask uh, Derek Bouchard Hall. Is that you know, fat bike nationals? Is it always going to be in the middle of January at a snow course? Because fat bikes can be taken anywhere. That's mm-hmm. true. The the yeah, they were sort of pitched as the winter, but. No, I mean, you can everywhere. use them. Yeah, you know, you can use them all over, and I think that that could be, uh, you know, and th- there's definitely a uh, a lot of people interested in them. They are fun to ride. Well, yeah, as I much mean, as I want to make fun of them, like cruising around on a fat bike and you don't even need to lift up the front end to to get up on a curb is pretty amazing. Yeah, I mean, uh, so. you know, you don't. Uh, Spencer, you're going to edit that one out, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, to your point, Tim, about nationals. Uh, I mean, other sports could take this. Uh, you know, advice to, to heart as well, like skiing, like cross country skiing. Why are their nationals always in winter? You could definitely run down the street <laughs> on a pair of skis. Like there's no reason you can't. I mean, yeah, that's you know, a really good point. People need to start thinking outside of the box if they want to continue to, uh, you know, to push the envelope. So that's, that's my road, thought for the week. Right. Road nationals in, well, guys. in January. Yeah, exactly. Thank you everyone for listening to the slow ride podcast you can also email us at the slow ride podcast at gmail.com tweet us at the slow ride pod 
And most importantly, we'd like to thank BK1 of Rhyme Series Entertainment for our intro and outro music. And always, 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 you saw the tweet last week on our Twitter, wave at your fellow spandex wearing nerds or anybody riding a bike, even if it's a recumbent or a fat bike or a triathlete. Not true. It is. A, yes, it is. Wave, 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 wave. And with Got that, wave. <laughs> we'll see you next week on the Slow Ride Podcast. Tweet the president. Let yes. him know you want him on the number one Here, psych- Here's podcast. your final homework. We know you're wrapping it up. You're starting to close down the apps on your computer. Go to Twitter, twitter.com, log in, tweet at USA Cycling. Use the hashtag Dove of Excitement and ask for Derek Bouchard Hall to join us on the podcast. We need peer pressure, you guys. All righty. The Slow Ride Podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod.